Welcome, Ramp Church. So excited to spend uh, the day with you. And Stacy and I together lead Ramp Church. If you're new to our community, a very warm welcome. We're right in the middle of a new chapter here at Ramp Church um, where we're studying the book of James. And so this is the second week. Last week we had an incredible interview. Uh, it's really kind of an unmissable moment. And so I would encourage you to go back and watch that. We dove into an inspirational uh, story about somebody who is living for real yeah. for Jesus today. And um, such an example, such an inspiration for all of us. Um, and today we're going to dive more into some of the main themes of, of the book of James. Um, you're going to leave today with, with some insight on how to apply some of those themes to your life and then how to kind of dive into that book on your own. So you're really going to leave with some tools. But you want to stick around for the next few weeks in this chapter. Next week we're talking about faith and works. It, that's one of the most controversial kind of topics in the Bible. So I love that we're diving into that. How, do, how does our faith, belief, and our works, our actions, how do those two things fit together? And then the, the following week we're talking about the power of your words and the power of your tongue to even shape your own life and affect people in the world around you. So the next few weeks are going to be awesome at Ramp Church. But how, how would you suggest even getting us started today? I, well, I just want to um, encourage everybody to, to be reading the book of James. Yeah. So be diving into that in your own um, time with the Lord and be memorizing scriptures, be studying, and then don't just use the nourishment from that book to strengthen yourself. And don't just listen to the messages um, from Ramp Church to strengthen yourself. They are meant to strengthen you, but they're also meant to equip you. As you parents are pouring into your kids, hopefully these messages will even give you language as you disciple them. And um, all of this is for our own growth and development, but it's it's ultimately as well helping us become more effective in teaching and passing on the good news to others. Yeah, so maybe you're new to faith. Um, you could be exploring faith. And so most people have a Bible, access to a Bible somehow. But if you don't, I would encourage you to pick one up. They're available for free online. Digital Bibles, pretty much in any language, any translation is available online. But I, I'm a bit old school. I kind of like a pipe. Piper, a paper, <laughs> Bible. Uh, I like to draw. I like to interact in it. So I'd circle words, underline, yeah. arrows, things like that. So they're available. Um, Amazon, you can get it next day. There's tons on there. So um, the, the book of James is a great place to start even as a new believer. Yeah. Uh, um, to, to, to learn a bit more about what, what does faith in, in Christ look like yeah. even. Yes. So, um, so yeah, shall, shall, shall we dive in? Yes, why don't, why don't we start with you kind of just painting a, a picture for you know, who wrote this book mm. and who is he writing to and what was, what was going on in the world at that mm-hmm, time? Mm-hmm. Such a great question because I think we will find um, some common ground with James's original audience. But just some advice, I think anytime we approach the Bible. Anytime we approach the Word, and, and as a pastor, I get this question a lot. As people want to read the Word, yeah, they they feel us talk. They, they can hear us talking about the Word. They feel a desire to read the Word, but sometimes it can be intimidating. It's a lot of pages. <laughs> There's a lot of different themes, a lot of different types of writing. What do I even do before I approach mm-hmm. the 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 Bible? And I think when when we're studying a book like James, now it's a short book. It's only five chapters. 
Uh, I think most of the time we read, um, I would suggest people to read faster and slower than they normally read. I think most of the time we read somewhere in the middle. We, we read a medium kind of speed and it's not quite fast enough to get the overall themes. Okay. And it's not quite slow enough to really dive in and, and dig into maybe one verse or one thought in a deep way. Yeah. So I would suggest that we read fast and slow. So one of the things I would suggest for all of us at Ramp Church, before next Sunday, read, read in one sitting, yeah. sit down and read James from verse 1 all the way to the final verse. And there's something you capture when you read in, in one full sitting like that. Mm-hmm. You capture some of the main themes um, that as you read fast, that you don't get when you kind of read a, a medium speed. But I also then would recommend slow down. Slow down. So let's just even dive in, and I'll even show you what I mean by that. Great. So James chapter 1, verse number 1. If you have your Bible, open it up. It's towards the end. Uh, if you have a digital Bible, just type that in search. James 1, 1. And so I'll give you an example of, of slow reading. Things you may miss Okay. if you're reading medium speed. James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings. Okay. So we just read one verse. If you're just reading through, there doesn't even really seem to be much in that verse, but let me just show you how there is when we read a bit slower. First of all, we see who who's writing, but we also see who he's writing to. So James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as you read the rest of the word, we find out who James is. James, is a, is a church leader. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a leader in the church in Jerusalem, which was like the the first and main headquarters yeah. of the early church. So after Jesus died, buried, resurrected, then he then he ascended into heaven. He left this mission of the church with a group with a group of people, and uh, the the Bible tells us how he revealed himself to so many people after he was resurrected and he left them with the task to keep the church going. James was the leader, one of the leaders of of that early group Mm -hmm. of people. But not only that, this is one of the crazy things about James. When you read the rest of the New Testament, you see James isn't just any old leader. James is actually the half-brother of Jesus. Crazy, wild. So James grew up in the same house as Jesus. And now, I, I love this, James in the first verse didn't introduce himself as Jesus's brother. He instead says, I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant Mm. of the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't know about your relationship with your siblings, but I I would never describe myself as a servant of one of my siblings. Not in that way. So something happened in James so significant that he actually recognized his own sibling as his Lord and Savior, as God. And that is profound. Amazing. That's profound. I, I just even stop there. What, what would have to happen in your life for you to have to think of one of your family members as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world? Mm. We actually see James, while Jesus was alive, that he didn't believe in who Jesus was. He didn't believe that Jesus... Jesus was who he said he was. Jesus is claiming to be God. He's claiming to be equal with God. He's claiming to, and and he's doing miracles. And even in spite of that, James was struggling Mm. because of his familiarity. We grew up in the same house. I saw you when you were a kid. I mean, this just is, it can't be right. But after Jesus died and was resurrected, 
Jesus revealed himself, 1 Corinthians 15 says, specifically to James. Mm. So here's, here's Jesus coming to his half-brother out of care and compassion going, look, I'm not dead anymore. So the only thing that could have co- convinced James is, is that he saw Jesus die and now he sees him alive. Mm. That literally with his own eyes, mm-hmm. he saw Jesus resurrected. And then in a matter of years, that so propelled his spiritual journey Mm. that then he becomes he becomes a leader in the early church. Amazing. So from a doubter yeah. to a leader in, yep. in the early church. So that, that that's who is actually writing this. But it also says who he's writing to. And this is where I think there's some gold as we dive into this book, Ramp Church, for both uh, you and I. And he says, um, I'm writing to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. And the 12 tribes, that's kind of a, that, that would have been a, a, a term that he used to describe Jews. Mm-hmm. So the story is this, and we can see this in the book of Acts, that, that the, as Christians began to, be, to, to, to find Jesus, Jews were the, the earliest Christians, mm-hmm. persecution started to happen. Mm-hmm. For their faith, um, they were being persecuted, and that persecution caused really challenging circumstances. So... Mm-hmm. Some of them were killed for their faith. Um, some of them found it hard to fit into their old places of work, their old families. Yeah. So they started to move out of Jerusalem and they started to move to different parts of the Roman Empire. And so essentially, James, the church that James was pastoring, they started to move around, started to move out of Jerusalem. So James is actually writing to his church. He's communicating with his church and they're scattered. Can anybody relate? Can anybody relate to that? Feeling a bit scattered, yeah. Yeah. In 2020? But in 20, here we are in 2020, the last six or seven months. You, you and I have been, um, we, we've been coming to you in your home, but it's been through digital means. We haven't been the, the church gathered. We've been the church scattered. Hmm. So now we haven't even left the first verse of James yet, and we can already find a point of reference with these people. Yeah. They're, they're, it's not life as usual. They're not with their right. friends and family in Jerusalem. They're scattered across the Roman Empire. They're trying to find new jobs, mm-hmm. new homes, mm-hmm. new communities. And here one of their yeah. spiritual leaders is coming to them with, with a word for them. And in the middle of that situation going, hey, I have some things to say. So it's a beautiful, beautiful starting point. Yeah. For, for the book. I love that. So we've got the half-brother of James who's writing it. Who, mm, half-brother of Jesus. That yeah. Half-brother of Jesus. Yeah. And he didn't always believe that Jesus was the Lord and the yeah. Messiah. Right. But he had a journey and mm. even that pro- pro- progressed then to mm. a point of belief that yes. Jesus is the risen Lord putting his faith in him. And then he becomes a leader and he's a yeah. pivotal leader. He's a pillar. He's, yeah. you know, solving, bringing even um, peace to disputes in the yes. church. Yes, Acts 15 talks about that. Yeah. So there's some some pretty heavy, you know, he's pastoring a persecuted people. So he's legit. And I, I think mm-hmm. knowing that helps me lean in to the weight of his words. I love that. You can see, as you read James, James was one of the earliest letters that we have in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So James and Galatians were some of the earliest. So that means they were they were quite close to Jesus' resurrection. Mm. They weren't they weren't long after. And so James is writing to primarily Jew Jewish Christians. Mm-hmm. And you can see, so he has an assumption that his audience knows the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
He's not talking to those that are exploring faith or those those that are brand new. Yeah. He knows you have you have familiarity with the scripture, so he, he gives allusions to the Old mm-hmm. Testament all the time. And he gives lots of allusions to the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it may be, maybe you're in the place where you're, you are exploring faith. This is a great chapter at Ramp Church because you get to see what's it like on the inside. Yeah. What's it like? And yeah. that's what this book is about. James is speaking to people who are on the inside. Yeah. And he's, 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 he's a very direct communicator, isn't he? Yeah. It's, it's, um, I, love, I, I love how practical it is. It is a, is a book of wisdom as well. It's yeah. not necessarily like the other epistles. This is more of a, like a wisdom literature. And, and, the, and you can hear themes of Proverbs, like these one-liners that are like, whoa, that's so good. You know? <laughs> but you can also see the teachings of Jesus, especially the Sermon on the Mount. There's a lot yeah. of parallel emphasis um, and it is the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, you know, is life in the kingdom. It's Jesus' yeah. kind of entry message of I'm the king, this is my kingdom, and this is how it looks to live in my kingdom. And then James, he's saying the same thing. There's even a line in here where James says in James 3, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. And then he, you know, he goes on, prove it by living an honorable life. And He's such. not pulling punches. Right. I mean, it is. It is about this is what it means to follow Jesus in mm. the day-to-day decisions that you're making and the trials that you're faced with and what's coming out of your mouth and, and who you care for and who you reach out to and who you don't reach out to. Wow. All of these things are markers, are outward evidence of an inner faith. Yeah. Um, and I... You know, I think for, for Ramp Church, so let's talk about Ramp Church right now. Yeah. You know, we've, we're seven months into lockdown. We know some of you are struggling um, with your finances. You're believing God for jobs. You've perhaps been laid off. Um, some of you are physically fighting COVID right now. You're, you're believing for healing. Yeah. And you, Here we are, November, lockdown's just increased again. Yes. So, so it's, the, just been, it's just been tightened. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have real challenges. And so... I think knowing the context and the audience, it, then you see, okay, this is, about, this is about a people of faith who are living real lives yep. in a place where they're not happy with their government. Right. You know, they've got the right. Roman Empire and they're scattered. They don't feel and safe. They, they've been persecuted. Yep. Um, and then they're also struggling with unity. So he addresses yeah. several times kind of what it means to be um, a, a Christian is you have this Jewish heritage and you're living in Gentile places and those cultures are all coming together. And that was even the dispute that James was able to bring peace and mediation to in wow. Acts 15 is this dissension of these Gentile Christians and Different these Jewish Christians. And, and yeah. there's a lot of unrest. And so... When we approach God's word, we have to take into account of who, who it was originally written to. Yeah. But we also come with faith and humility knowing that it's alive and that it can speak to us. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think, and this is just general advice for those of us that are wanting to understand the word of God more. First of all, like I've already said, read faster and slower. Yeah. Uh, but also, don't always just take it at the first reading. Right. I think you do. You need to understand what it says. You also under, need to understand what it means, mm-hmm. and then you even then there's a whole other step to go. How does that meaning apply to my life? Mm-hmm. Because this book was written for us. The Holy Spirit inspired this book for us, but it wasn't written to me. Yeah, I'm not the audience that James is writing to. James yeah. is writing to his church audience, a Near Eastern, mm-hmm. ancient people 
who were in circumstances similar to us. So once I get to the meaning, I can apply that meaning to my life. And it's God-breathed, so it's of course it is. still speaking. It's transcendent but truth. James didn't necessarily know Joe Reister's going to be right, reading right. this so many years later in the middle right. of a pandemic. And yes. these words, you know, he was writing by faith and obedience as well. So Yes. So let's, let's dig in. Let's read a couple verses because I think we can yes. unpack some stuff for us. Just an overview of James. Chapters 2 through 5 are really where the wisdom is broken down. Lots of one-liners in there, like you said. Yeah, little excerpts here and there that yeah. necessarily don't, don't from the first read, all tied together. Yep, yep. But the first chapter is almost like the table of contents, where mm-hmm. James is kind of addressing in one chapter all that he's going to talk about in the next, the next yeah. few chapters. So let, we, we've already read the, the, the first verse. Let's, let's go down. I'll start with verse 2, and this is in the New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Whoa. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Wow. Now, obviously that's loaded. For time's, for time's sake, Joe, tell me kind of the main thing that stands out to you in that passage for Ramp Church here yeah. and now. Well, f- for me, I-, I love to go back to context. Mm-hmm. That's just huge for me. I think one of the reasons I love stories, I-, I like to be in the story. Yeah. So I like to pretend that I'm the writer or I'm one of the audience members or I'm an onlooker to, to yeah. either the, you know, I want to put myself in the story. So if we're putting ourselves in the story, Already, we know now the trials that James is speaking about. Count it mm-hmm, all joy mm-hmm. when you meet trials of various kinds. Yeah. These people have moved to new places. They don't know yeah. anybody. They're yeah. looking for jobs. Yep. We find out later that there's even conflict with, with, with poor people and rich people. Yeah. And so we can, we can start to imagine, okay, if I am that audience, if, if here's a spiritual leader that I love, and I've had to leave my community, show up to a new town, I'm trying to find a house for my family. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a new job. Mm-hmm. And it's an agrarian society. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go farm in a field probably. Mm-hmm. And who are, the, who are the owners of the fields here? Well, they're going to be wealthy people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go knock on their door and go, hey, do you need any laborers? Here I am. So now we're into the story. We're into the story of what this is like. But James dives straight to the point. And he's going... You're facing trials. The first thing I want you to do is, sh- is change your perspective on the trial. Mm-hmm. I want you to find joy in the trial. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, thanks. Thanks, James. You want me to be happy yeah. about the fact that I don't have a job, that I haven't found a... I haven't, and I'm thinking about us dispersed as a church right now. J- you, James, you want me to be happy that I can't see my faith family mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. that I can't see my extended family, the possibility of Christmas being canceled. I mean, all the, you know, where do I find joy in that? How can I be joyful yeah. about this? Yeah. And James tells us, he goes, the next step, the reason you can find joy is because you may not know why you're in this sh- struggle, 
But you certainly can find something incredible out of this struggle. Mm -hmm. And that is your growth, your maturity, your steadfastness being built in you, yeah. your wholeness as yes. a person. Yep. Yep. And what we'll come to find out later, this is probably the most for me, Okay. the most impacting point of all of Tell James, us. is James starts, James starts to compare the spiritual wholeness, the spiritual stability. Yep that we can have as mature believers, as those that, that are following Jesus and we feel he, He's with us and our yeah. faith is strong. He's starting to compare that, that wholeness and that stability to being unstable. And I know many of us feel unstable right now. I felt unstable at times through this um, with financial instability, relational instability, mm -hmm. the future. I don't know what the future holds. Yeah. But he, James starts to identify, you're, you're, you're looking at wealthy people as your source. Mm-hmm instead of God. Mm -hmm. You're trying to manipulate people with your words mm -hmm. instead of trusting in God. Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to despise and not give to the poor because you're trying to hoard and look after your own needs. Mm -hmm. That's not trusting in God. Yeah. So James is connecting right here their situation and their trust in God going, you're going to find stability when you stop asking God, but you're not in your heart believing that he's going to take care of you. Mm. Mm -hmm. You're scheming over here with wealthy people. You're manipulating people with your words. You're backbiting so that you can get ahead. Yeah. You're trusting in your own efforts. You're trusting in other people to meet your needs mm -hmm. instead of asking God for wisdom to help me through this trial, yeah. trusting in Him alone. And the reason you're unstable is because you haven't put all your chips on Jesus. Mm. I'm dividing my chips. I'm betting in different, different places. Yeah, yeah. And what he's saying right here is when you do that, you're double-minded and you're like a wave of the sea. You're tossed to and fro. Yep. There's an instability brought to your life. And what's the answer, James says? Put all your chips on Jesus. Yes, be undivided. Be undivided in your heart and your affections mm. and your prayers. Don't pray but not really thinking he's going to answer me. Don't ask God for wisdom but not really think he's going to give it to me. Think of that. It's really about me making it happen yeah, over here. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it, when you have that, that context of circumstances, it carries you through the whole book. I love that. I think that's, that is, I think such a word for us right now is to kind of assess even um, where I, it's always good to reflect and assess functionally where is our hope resting? Wow. Yeah. And like James, just James says here, you know, when you ask, God is generous. God is a generous God. You see, one of the questions I like to ask when I'm reading a text is, well, what does this tell me about the character of God? Wow. How do I know God better through this, through this text? And so we, we find here, well, God is generous. But we also find that God doesn't just respond to need. He responds to faith. Because he says, well, God will give, but make sure that when you ask, you have faith. That is huge. That is huge. God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. Yeah. Wow. So let me, let me read this scripture from Matthew. Um, let me see if I can. Okay. Matthew 13, 58 says, you know, and Jesus, Jesus, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Wow. So I'm sure there were plenty of needs. Okay. But it's faith that moves God. Now, faith comes from God. 
Okay. And even the disciples asked, well, how do I get more faith? Because <laughs> Jesus was often rebuking people for their lack of faith. Yeah. And the disciples were catching on and they're like, okay, well then how do I get more faith? I'm scared. You know, he's always rebuking us for our lack of faith. And Jesus says, well, if you say to this mountain, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed and you say to this mountain. So what is he saying there? He's saying, use the faith that you have. Wow. You have a little bit of faith, even just the size of a mustard seed. So you need to use that faith. There needs so to be an action So when I use the faith I faith. have, it positions me to get more. Is, yes. that, is that why? Yeah. And so here in James, you're in a trouble. You've got trials and troubles. Then you need to do an act of faith by asking God for wisdom. Mm. That's like an act of faith. Is when you come before God and you even say, wow, God, I know that you've got something I don't have. You've got wisdom to navigate this. Amazing. And I need and he asks again, even James talks in uh, James chapter three about, you know, asking and asking God. And then in James four, he's saying, you don't, you don't have because you don't ask. And then when you ask, you ask for the wrong reasons. And so there is, ouch, this hurts. <laughs> there is, there's a, a lot of course correcting here where he's yeah. really digging into the heart. Okay. And then he's saying this, this, this action, but let's not forget this heart because no. Um, so for, for us, Ramp Church, we have to, and this is something Joe tells me a lot of times, when we're in trials, we've got to be mature, and the sign of maturity is joy okay. and faith. Yes. Have faith. Yes. Joy in the trial. Yeah. You know, some of, some, I, I know what it's like to be growing in, in this area of maturity. A maturity is another really big theme I see in James. Okay, yes. And so to me, joy is one marker of maturity. All right. And I think about my own life and my own kids and anybody can do something, mm -hmm. but can you do it joyfully? <laughs> you know, and, yes. and to be able to do something with joy, is a sign of real mature perspective. Yeah. And even, even it's written in Psalms 40, verse eight. This is actually Psalms 40, it's a prophecy of Jesus, but um, the writer is saying, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Wow. So joy in trial, joy in assignment, this joy in um, challenges, okay. this is a sign of a mature perspective, a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Now, some, now, I don't know about you, but sometimes, Ramp Church, you get a word about God has brought you to this job, or God's given you a word about, you know, living in Manchester, or you feel called. You, when I mean word, you feel like you have some divine revelation about something God wants you yeah, to do. Direction, guidance. Yep. And yeah. so you'll do it. But then we talk about how, you know, how hard it is. Well, God called me to be a part of this church, but I don't know why. You know, or God's called me to be part of this city, but I don't know. And there's this begrudging spirit in us. Okay. And it's one thing to know the will of God. Mm. It's another thing to do the will of God. Yeah. But let's talk about doing his will with joy. Yeah. Now we're talking about maturity. Mm. Because a two-year-old can do what I ask them to do but they can do it whining and okay. fussing. And so even, I think joy is a huge kind of even emphasis that he carries on in, in chapter five as well. Of let's see that God doesn't want us to be miserable little servants and slaves. Yeah. He wants us in maturity. As we mature, our capacity for the joy and the love of God is enlarged. Wow, brilliant. It, it makes me think, you know, as I'm listening to you, it makes me think of how James is much like a mirror or even like a measuring tape. Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, I, there, were a f uh, there was a while where I worked with a roofer and different types of roofs 
require different types of materials. Yeah. And but one of the most important things when you're working on it with a team of people who are roofing houses is measuring your materials yeah. because you're cutting a lot of materials. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of mistakes, a lot of material that was thrown away because of wrong measurements that were called out. You try to put it on the roof, it wouldn't fit. Yeah. So this measurement, this type of, is one of the most important tools we have. Mm -hmm. And I think James assumes this. He assumes that age doesn't always mean maturity. Right. Yeah. I think James assumes that. Sure. So he's saying, you've been my people. I've been leading you in yep. one context. Mm -hmm. And we've been, we've been with each other for a while, but you're in a new context now. And I'm not just going to assume, because we've been with each other for a while, that you're mature in every area. Yeah. So here's a measuring tape for you yeah. that you can see. I need to. I need to know what are the gauges on if I'm growing spiritually. Yes. And what a beautiful. It's actually a gift to have yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's painful. Yep. I've already felt some pain just in this conversation about this book when I hear some yep. things that James is going. Hey, if, if you're mature in this area, here's what's going to be, here's evidence of that. If you're yeah. mature in this area, here's evidence of that. But don't we want that? Don't we want to know, God, I want you to reveal mm -hmm. the things in my life that need to grow. And so I even wonder if this is a good time where we can talk about, you know, if we're going to dive into this chapter as a, as a faith family, and, and mm -hmm. we are, this is what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks. What do I do? I mean, what do I do is I'm reading through this measuring tape and I'm yeah. reading through what are yeah. the different things that God wants me to adjust and change and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm yeah. naturally looking at other people to see, oh, they need that word. Or they, right. You know, what do I do with that? Am, am mm -hmm. I just left to like, just try the best I can to change mm -hmm. or, you know, what, what is that balance? Where do we even start? Well, I think as a believer, we we start um, we always start with an understanding that we have the Holy Spirit, Good. and I talk about this a lot because I can't I don't feel like we can overemphasize the role of Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Um, the Holy Spirit is our divine power. It he he gives us access to the nature of God. He mm -hmm. gives us hope in the journey. He is the spirit of joy. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we're reading this, we are reading it through the lens that there's a divine helpmate Very good. that is residing in me, mm -hmm. wanting me to simply yield to him mm -hmm. and hunger for him good. to take the reins to my life and lead me yeah. forward. So we're not alone. We're not alone. And, and so we, we have the help of Holy Spirit. And I think we, we all, and I feel like this is probably um, huge, is we all approach God and approach his word with childlike faith. Very good. And so when I'm reading the word and I'm reading James, I'm coming with this childlike understanding that I have rooms to grow in. And this isn't a surprise to me. I'm a child in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so I am, I am pursuing the more of God with the help of the Holy Spirit, with this childlike faith. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to grow. And my growth is not just about me being well-behaved. My growth is about me even understanding and experiencing the love of God more. Love that. Knowing so, God more. So 
you know, in closing, as we kind of close over the next few minutes, mm-hmm. how do we access the help of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, what are what are some what are some practicals that as a as a faith family, I, I I'll give one just to get us started. I think on that train of thought, I I think of the importance of having genuine time mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. taking genuine yeah. time to communicate with Him. To, to put my heart and my mind yes. into the presence of God. Uh, we talked about this in our last chapter, Walking in Freedom. Uh, Pastor Micah talked about how there's just something so important about making space for God and not just fitting Him into my everyday life, like talking to Him when I'm on a run or on the tram. I think those are all great things. Yeah. But actually, let's take some space. Yes. Uh, just like in our in our marriage, if the only time you and I talked is when I'm commuting to work, to the right. office, or yep. you know, or while we're fixing dinner, our relationship would would never increase in the joy yeah. of our relationship. We have to make time to yes. have de- date nights. We have to have yes. occasional weekends away. You know, where we're, we're focused on each other. And I think it's the same way when we're inviting the help of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Is there's a, there's a thing about daily time with Him? Absolutely. And it's a practice. Maybe you start with five minutes and you just yep. go, I'm going to make sure I have five minutes. Yep. And that five minutes may feel like, it, you know, it's work. Yeah. It may feel like 30 minutes. Yeah. But you will start, when you start to find God in that place, and that's not just always a mystical experience. Sometimes it's, it's just the Holy Spirit revealing His truth to you. His truth becomes real to you real to your situation. Sometimes it, it's when the measuring tape mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not just mental, but it goes down a few floors and it hits you on a heart level. Yep. And you, you see yourself for maybe who I really am. Mm-hmm. The, the me that I try to ignore other times, the right. me that I wish wasn't there. Yeah. But when that's exposed in God's presence, it's never brought to light in a condemning, shameful way. Mm-hmm. It's always measured because the Holy Spirit's there to help you grow in the area that he's just revealed to you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, I think we tend to, in general, vastly underestimate how much help we need. Wow. And so, especially in a crisis, but, but even day to day, yeah. you know, we, we kind of think that we can be an expert by so, and, you know, by such and such time. Well, I've been, <laughs> I've been attending church. Yeah. You know, we think we're mature, but yet we're still backbiting. We're still begrudging God's will. We're wow. still, and so we, we overestimate ourselves. We mm-hmm. underestimate how much help we need. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think one thing that's, that's kind of helped me is I have to, I just regularly remind myself that I need lots of help. Yeah, good. I don't need just one message on a Sunday. I need God's word. And if times are challenging, I need more of it. Very good. And you know, we think about this, like if you are, if you are not well physically, mm-hmm. you need to take extra supplements. <laughs> you need extra care. Okay. And when we're going through a difficult, challenging time, yeah. it's not just about ticking the box. Mm-hmm. It's about getting yourself help. Yeah. And if 30 minutes a day isn't helping you, then you need to increase it. That's good. If you're not growing in peace and you're not growing in maturity, then drink as much as you want. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we good. need to be putting all of this in us. We, I love, I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, you know, we, we need reminders everywhere. You need to go into mm-hmm. your car and see scripture and just, and get, get yourself. We, I think we need to surround ourselves with the strength that's available to us. 
to us and really invest in, in what you're saying, the time, but in being really intentional about how we access God's help yeah. and his refreshing yeah. and, and be super wise mm-hmm. about making sure that in challenging times, mm-hmm. we're accessing the wisdom of God, the mm-hmm. help of God that's available to us by simply putting our mind to it, focusing on it and doing it. Mm-hmm. I love that. So in summary, I think there's a couple things that I want you to leave with it. And one is, if you haven't put all your chips on Jesus yet, yeah. if you haven't put all your eggs in that basket, to mm-hmm. use it, another metaphor, I think there's no time uh, like the present, is there, right. to, to do that. This, this is the time. If, if, you've been, if you've been feeling unstable, let's, let's dive into the Word, ask yeah. it to reveal something. What in me, God, am I trusting in? Am I mm-hmm. hoping in? Am, am I looking at as my source of stability, my source of wisdom, my source of provision? That's not you. And the journey that we take from where we are to that place mm. is called repentance. The Bible calls it repentance. And we think mm-hmm. of that as a groveling, like religious word. It isn't. It literally means turn, turn in a different direction yep. and renew the way you think. Yes, so, absolutely. And I think sometimes the turning looks like oh, I thought I had all this figured out yeah. and I don't have all this figured yeah, out. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. I thought I was really mature. Ooh, but I've got a tongue problem. I may not be as mature yeah. as I think. It's that kind. That's what it means. You've, you've got this revelation of, oh, I'm headed down that path of self-sufficiency. Yes. Or, and then changing that with humility going yes. towards God. And, and I think that is what James is trying to get at when he says, find joy in the trial. Hmm. James is trying to say, there's beauty in this if you can just see it. Mm. There's beauty in this. And what is the beauty? The beauty is this. It's revealing things about where your trust has always been. Mm-hmm. But the pressure has not been heavy enough to reveal it. Yeah. And now we're in a season where some of those things are coming to light. Yeah. And we find joy because we know if it's coming to light, God can deal with it. Yes. God can help us with it. The yeah. Holy Spirit can help us with it. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to commit as a church family, even in the middle of this chapter, increase pressure, increase stress, increase anxiety. So these things start to come. Here's what we're committing to. I'm going to bring that into the presence of God every day. And if, if, that, if, you're, if, if you're new to that journey, whatever, just set aside some time. I mean, it can be a minute. Start, start wherever you are. Yeah. But some of you have been, who have been following God for years and years, you, you may need to reevaluate and increase that time and go, I need to spend more time saturating my heart and my mind in, in the presence of God, in the Word of God, to allow Him to reveal in me what, what I need to lay down and, and then what I have to pick up, which mm. is wisdom from above yes. that God is generously giving yeah. you and I for direction, mm-hmm. for guidance, for insight, and for peace. Amen. As we move forward. Do Amen. you want to pray over Ramp Church as, as we close? Yes, yes. Father, we thank you for just how your Holy Spirit holds us all together and sustains us. Even through trial, Lord, through challenges, that your Spirit is at work in us, bringing us into greater Christ-likeness. And, you know, I just sense like maybe one of somebody watching, you've turned it on and you're like, I just need a word from God. I need a word from God. 
And I'm telling you, God's word to you is he's growing you up right now. He's maturing you through the trials, through the struggles, that through all of this, what is he doing? He's bringing us into a more accurate expression of Christ's love, a more accurate expression of what it is, of who Jesus is. And Lord, we just say that we surrender and we invite and we yield to pruning for greater fruitfulness. We yield, Lord, to to your spirit that is able to work in us and through us, bringing us into the joy of Christ and the peace of Christ and the wisdom of God and the faith of Jesus and the wholehearted devotion of Jesus. Lord, we want to imitate you as we are children of God. We want to follow in your footsteps, not just in word, but every part of our life, being complete, being mature, being congruent from the inside out with the finished work of Jesus. And we bless Ramp Church and all those listening today. And we thank you, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the head of this church and you are the one who sustains and holds us all together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Maybe you're watching and you've never made the decision to trust in, to, to, to shift any sort of trust into Jesus. I want to give you an invitation to do that today. You can shift your trust. You can shift what your life is built upon. And this unstable picture that James paints, this illustration, for some of, some of you watching, that's not an illustration. It's, it's your lived reality right now. Hmm. You sense that. And, and, and Jesus talks about this as well. He says, it's like when your life is built on sand hmm. and when storms come, the whole foundation shifts, yeah. everything shifts. And if, if you feel that way, the, the answer isn't to try, to try to do better or try to muster your efforts up. Sometimes that actually makes us more depressed, sends us into more darkness. It's actually to shift the foundation of your life. And what that looks like is I'm going to no longer trust in myself. I'm going to no longer trust in other people on this self-salvation project. Hmm. I'm going to trust in Jesus for my salvation. I'm going to trust in Jesus for my future. I'm going to trust in Jesus for my wholeness. And so if that's you, I want to encourage you, pray today. Pray today. Mm -hmm. Ask God. And it can sound something like this. It can say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Lead me away from the things where I'm trusting in myself, where I'm trusting Mm -hmm. in others, where I'm trusting in my own efforts and and build my life on Jesus. I repent for that type of lifestyle and I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior today. Amen. If Amen. if you prayed that prayer for the first time or a prayer like it, I would love to meet you. So just click the link um, that says new here in the caption of this video, reach out to us, let us know, hey, uh, this, was, this was a decision that I made today. And for the rest of us, I want to encourage you to pray for wisdom, like James says. And yeah. don't doubt that God's going to give generously today. We're going to go yeah. back into a song together, and that is the perfect time to make space in your own life. Wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to this, Make space in your own life to ask God, God, give me wisdom. I want what you have to say about my life and my future and the decisions before me. Thanks for being a part. We'll talk to you soon.